Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemies. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia, episode number 92 of Purple Mafia. It is Sunday, August 21st, 2011. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan, as I was so kindly introduced by our executive producer, Dylan Richardson, of thesportstuff.com. Of course, Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show and others in the past. Thank you always for being on board for this ditty. Uh, yeah, sorry there was not a show last week. Uh, the game was so boring I didn't do a show. Okay, no. <laughs> you could, you know, I could come up with that excuse. I mean, the game was just not very exciting. Um, I don't really have all that much to say about the Tennessee game, honestly. I mean, NFL players really just, uh, you know, they... they Okay, I'm sure they practiced during the lockout, but they just were not sharp at all. So on both teams, I'm sure it's just a widespread problem across the league. Uh, players are just not very sharp coming into week one of the preseason last week. Vikings, of course, losers to Tennessee last week. And, are, and no, don't get too mad at me for saying the word losers. It's just a term. 14-3. to three. Uh, I'm going to talk briefly about that. Of course, we're going to get to the Facebook group. We're also going to get to Twitter. Uh, we're going to start with a Twitter, as per usual. Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Always love having your listeners to follow that. I uh, appreciate it. The following followers have numbers have gone up a little bit. Not as exciting as I would have liked, but that's just how it goes. I do tweet during every Viking game, at least ones that I'm able to watch, which are about 95% of them on occasion. I can't watch them because of schedule or God knows what could happen. I mean, life is life, but obviously I'm going to do the best I can to be at every game and, uh, or not at the game, but, you know, and being able to watch it, take notes and all that stuff. Obviously taking notes on Twitter is a way for you to, you know, interact with the show as well. You can, men- you can, uh, reply with me, mention me, all that good stuff. Appreciate that. Oh, so very much. Always do, always do. It's been a it's been an interesting start to the preseason, but quite honestly, not the not the most fun. I mean, it's not been the most exciting. Uh, it's really not. It's not been the most exciting uh, experience the past two weeks watching the preseason. And yeah, it's preseason. It's kind of like what do you expect? It's just it comes with the territory. You know, when you use the word preseason, you don't really come in expecting you know the greatest. Uh, performance in history. You don't expect, you know, the drive. You don't expect stuff like that. It's just, that's just how it goes. The good news is Donovan McNabb, well, he actually looks pretty sharp for a guy who was, uh, you know, benched for Rex Grossman. Oh my god! Yeah, I used that name and I apologize for that. Those of you out there <laughs> that may be Bears fans, Dylan Richardson, him, but uh, yeah, <laughs> Dylan, yeah, Rex Flippin' Grossman, yeah, exactly. Uh, no, Donovan McNabb looked awfully sharp in terms of, well, his, his mobility. I mean, you, you had a little bit of a mobility problem at the quarterback position the last two years. Yeah, you may have noticed it until Joe Webb took over last season, but then you had a problem with uh, accuracy. But then again, there was accuracy was a foreign word with the Minnesota Vikings last season. It uh, really was in terms of the quarterback position. Uh, even Tavares Jackson, who had such a great game against the New York Giants, had two touchdowns and three interceptions. Yeah, because he just, he sucks, he's inaccurate, and he likes to throw pick sixes. Of course, he threw one yesterday against the the vaunted Seattle Seahawks. Oh, they're so good. 
Yeah, I haven't even gotten into what uh, the sea chickens have been talking about Tavares and Sidney Rice the past two to three weeks. It's because it's like we're happy for them. You know, okay, the the Vikings uh, gave them a pretty much didn't give them enough credit when they were here. We'll maybe get back to that later if I feel like it. Uh, of course, we're going to review the games as mentioned on this show. Uh, not really review the Tennessee game that much. I'm not even really going to go majorly in-depth with the game last night. Going to just, you know, talk about, hey, you know, what's in the notebook, so to speak. We're going to talk about items of note during the game. It's not like these games count for the real win-loss record. It's not really about wins and losses. It's about what happened during the game in terms of who's who's doing what, who is uh, showing signs of of you know they're they're the real deal who's showing signs of they're really not the real deal so that's pretty much the idea of preseason so we're going to get to the facebook excuse me i keep calling it the facebook page we're not quite there yet twitter.com forward slash pro mafia show is mentioned so <laughs> it's funny though one thing i got to mention I, I did mention on the twitter last week it's like yeah tails never fails or the vikings always call heads yeah, we'll just kind of leave that alone. We kind of had a little bit of an overtime curse with that over the years. It's kind of funny, but we'll leave that alone. Um, I'll get to the actual mentions from last week if I can. Technical difficulties, ladies and gentlemen. No, not really. Not really that bad. I can think of worse things to come up with than minor technical difficulties. Um, really, the game was a technical difficulty. It was. It was just boring, unwatchable stuff. But that's just how it goes. That is exactly how it goes. Dan Taylor, the first man to mention me during the game. Okay, he was uh, also mentioning any fans looking for a fantasy football league. And I appreciate that, Dan Taylor, of course, from the UK. One of the absolute most loyal and most active followers of Purple Mafia. appreciate you so much, Dan. Uh, yeah, we started a fantasy football league. And, of course, I didn't even get a chance to mention it on the air until the draft happened, so I apologize those of you out there that may have been, may maybe would have been interested in that had I mentioned it, but I didn't, and I apologize those of you that are in it, spectacular, great to have you on board. The best part is I didn't even actually, well, I wasn't even actually there for the live draft, and I'm sure some of you are wondering what the hell is up with that. I'm really sorry, guys, I just have so much going on all the time, and, uh, I couldn't make it, and I really apologize for that, those of you out there, so shout out to you. Um, you know, it's just, and fantasy football isn't quite my thing as much as it used to be. I'm going to admit that as well. Sometimes I just rather let the computer do the draft. <laughs> you know, might as well just let the computer do the draft. I'm not questioning my knowledge of football. Please don't do that to me. But, you know, fantasy football, sometimes it's like you'd rather just watch the game and enjoy it rather than worry if, like, this, you know, backup wide receiver scored a touchdown against the Seahawks last week. You know, it's just one of those things. But, no, I still love it. It's just, yeah. I'm, you know, I just, my schedule was way too tight, and I apologize. So we'll continue here. Vikings Realist mentioning Pro Mafia show. He said he just grabbed a bottle of XAN and the X. Not exactly. Yeah, uh, so it's like I, I hear him there. Purple Love says that Booker can make a great third down back and a <laughs> second and long guy, but he just fumbled. And yeah, it's because I was talking about Lorenzo Booker, who uh, he's one of the guys that stood out to me in that Tennessee game. Yes, he did. Lorenzo Booker, and he stood out last night as well, but Booker's numbers a little bit more impressive last week. You know, he had a 20-yard gain, an average of 5.2 a carry. Joe Webb's, obviously, his averages are phenomenal. The guy is so athletic and so amazing, but he's an inaccurate guy. To be honest, at the quarterback position, clearly the least impressive of the three quarterbacks. He threw an interception as well during the game, only made 50% of his completions, four out of eight. 27.6 quarterback rating. Nothing really uh, exciting from Joe Webb. Of course, McNabb and the offense, very stale coming out early on. Obviously, you know, it's his first snaps as a Viking, McNabb. But again, he looked awfully mobile, you know, doing those rollouts and stuff. Christian Ponder, your first look at him during this, uh, during the game last week. Very, um, very slow off going on in the very first series was not the most impressive thing you ever saw. But then by the second series, it's just kind of like, huh, he's not that bad, actually. 
you know, he is a really nice rollout, excuse me for saying you know so much, that's not exactly the most, uh, <laughs> it's not exactly making me look very uh, attractive media-wise, but I, so I apologize for those of you out there for that, uh, Purple Love also saying our secondary is sorry, or actually I said it, but then he said agreed, yeah, our secondary did not look good last week, but to be honest, nobody looked good on either team at all. Uh, again, players are just not sharp. The secondary wasn't sharp, and the quarterbacks, receivers, chemistry, just not quite what you'd want because, well, it's kind of hard when, you know, with for both teams, of course, I'm saying this across the whole league, it's kind of hard to have much of a chemistry when you haven't been able to practice the like six months together. Less, you know, normally during the NFL season, and I'm still saying, you know, kind of sounding like Denard Spann here. Those of you might have an idea about that. Uh, but, yeah, you can't really get in sync when you're unable to practice for, like, seven months. In the normal NFL season, you have several mini camps and such, and not everybody attends them. In fact, some veterans skip them frequently due to injury or whatever, their sense of entitlement, whatever the heck it is. Maybe they want an extension, contract extension, or a better contract. Okay, I'm still bouncing around way too much. Uh, but, yeah, out of sync. That's the point. Just they're out of sync because they haven't been able to practice together, and that's obviously National Football League-wide. The 14-3 to score is not because the defenses were so great. It's because the offenses were so unbelievably out of sync. There, point made. Let's move on. Um, continue very briefly about the game. But uh, other than that, nothing really great. Vikings realistic, Vikings realist, excuse me, said, <laughs> will we take Andrew Luck or trade the pick? Basically, his translation is, uh, yeah, we're going to be the worst team in the league this year, the way it's looking, because of uh, the <laughs> classic. Uh, because, yeah, so we're going to be looking at Andrew Luck in the first round, uh, number one overall pick. Yeah, I know, it was ugly, but it probably won't be that bad all the time. The rest of the league is also as out of sync as we are. Obviously, he's just being sarcastic and having some fun. And uh, great to hear from you there, Viking Realist. Purple Love 2021 again, Craig says, I'm afraid to look at Facebook because my friends are killing. They are hoping for us to fail. And, uh, yeah, the deal with that is probably uh, lives in Wisconsin. That's a little bit tough. Brent for Liberty, of course. Brent Jacobson says to join the Facebook page for Purple Mafia Show. And, or actually, that was what I said. And then he says, if you insist. He's just kind of having fun, but it's nice of him to post it up there again for me. So do appreciate that, Brent, for Liberty. Also, Ron Paul fan, according to his uh, icon on, on Facebook, or excuse me, on Twitter. And I'm with you, Brent. I'm with you, Brent. So, yes, you can kind of you can kind of see where I stand there. He says he loves how Christian Ponder looks a lot more pissed than Tavares Jackson ever did under pressure. Or poised. My God, I'm not sharp right now. Poised under pressure. Very true. You know, Christian Ponder looked... He didn't He didn't look like a deer in the headlights in his very first series. He just didn't look all that sharp because it was just a new start. They were, the defensive line was running at him. The Our, our offensive line was not that great. And Ponder kind of ran into a wall a little bit on the very first series. But after that, he looked a little bit better. He certainly did, especially on rollouts. As other columnists in town were saying something about it seems like he's at his best while doing a rollout while he's he's on the move he's more likely to complete a pass and such when he's on the move so and that's something that I also took notice Brent Jacobson says or excuse me I said thank god the lockout is over Brent Jacobson responding to me as well he said I do like <laughs> Christian Potter's throw to Rudolph so definitely appreciate that and it was pretty nice Yep, he looked, that was nice. That was encouraging, kind of like a sign of the future. Kevin McMahon, Vikings fan page, nice enough to mention me in a group there to kind of basically try to get people to follow me, so I do appreciate that. Kevin, hope you're listening to the show. Yep, only two more mentions. I only got one mention, or two men. yeah, I only got one mention uh, last night, unfortunately, Vikings realized. I'll get to that in a second. Right before the game, though, Brent for Liberty, of course, again, Brent Jacobson talking about how the Cardinals and Fitzgerald agree on extension. Forget Larry Fitzgerald to the Vikes, and that's kind of another side note we can get into right now is, uh, yeah, you can pretty much say that ship has sailed, and 
Larry Fitzgerald will not suit up for the Minnesota Vikings in the coming years, and that's unfortunate. But then again, hey, that's what we said about Donovan McNabb last year when he signed a five-year extension with the Washington Redskins. Granted, of course, a very different situation. Larry Fitzgerald in his prime, McNabb not really quite in his prime last year, even though he's not really that old in terms of quarterback. Quarterback lifespans are a little bit longer than than pretty much anybody other than maybe an offensive lineman in the NFL. Uh, and kickers, of course. Kickers can kick until they're like 50 sometimes in some cases. Um, it's very interesting indeed. So we're going to gradually move on into last night's game here. We are going to move into that direction. A very impressive 20-7 to victory for the Minnesota Vikings over the vaunted Seattle Seahawks. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's sad. Like, talking about that Tennessee game, I already feel kind of tired. It just was not that fun to watch. It really wasn't. But it's like you kind of, kind of do what you, you got to kind of do what you got to do. You know, I'm covering this team, and I very much enjoy doing it. It's just <laughs> last week's preseason game wasn't the highlight of my career. We'll say that. It wasn't quite the NFC Championship game against the New Orleans Saints before the game. Though you could say my show after that game was kind of a highlight of my career, unfortunately, for the wrong reasons. Uh, not, well, not, yeah. The, the turnout wasn't very good. It was a very dramatic show, but obviously... A very sad show. It was a very, very hard time for me as a fan of this team and a supporter for so long. So again, <laughs> episode 92 of Purple Mafia. Just kind of a quick reminder there out there for those of you listening. Now we're actually going to cover the Seattle game, at least cover what what we can. It was, uh, it was a better game. Donovan McNabb looked sharp again. Yes, he did. That's exactly what Donovan McNabb looked. Very sharp. <laughs> Lots of encouragement throughout Viking Nation in that sense. It sure was. Yes, it was. Jared Allen, well, special teams, again, I'll just make this quick note. Special teams looked, uh, looked pretty good so far coming into the preseason. Special team coverage. Special team returns, eh, they're okay. Nothing to get excited about, though. I mean, it's not like, oh, Woody, you know, the Greg Camarillos of the world. We're not exactly, uh, not exactly getting emotional here. Uh, Lorenzo Booker, though, again, the highlight of pretty much, he's kind of the rookie highlight of this whole preseason is Lorenzo Booker. A couple of decent kick returns for Lorenzo Booker. He, re- he returned two kicks for 48 yards. He had a 29-yard return. Uh, not bad. Not bad at all, of course, 24 uh, a return. That's pretty solid, actually. Uh, very encouraging. Lorenzo Booker is a guy who's going to make this team. As long as he can hang on to the football, he will make this team without a doubt. I mean, Adrian Peterson can't hang out of the football, but of course everybody's like, he's the greatest running back ever, and well, he still needs to work on that ever part, but uh, other than that, yeah, he's probably the best in the game at this point in time. Lorenzo Booker, though, he's a guy that could end up being an excellent running back. He really could, though (laughs) he may end up being like a poor man's Garrison Hurst, like a, a lot of talent, but the fumbling problem. Garrison Hurst, yes, you know, never like a super-duper star, but a very good player. Garrison Hurst was with the San Francisco 49ers, and before that, the Cincinnati Bengals. A very fun run for that young man. Well, not very young anymore, Garrison Hurst. Again, the Vikings winning 20-7 to last night. Yeah, we, we know that already. The funny part is, though, the Vikings finally opened up the scoring after, you know, kind of a, show, a slow stretch. With a Marcus Sherrill's pick six of Tavares Jackson. Holy crap, Batman! Yeah, you gotta love that. Tavares Jackson with a pick six. Now, what a surprise that was. What a surprise that was. Well, no, the real surprise is that Marcus Sherrill's (laughs) got the ball knocked out of his hand from behind. It was, uh, excuse me, I'm talking about the wrong guy. But no, he, he really... He's had some struggles the past two weeks. Overall, he did fumble the ball. It was ruled official, unfortunately, on the kick return. His coverage last week was mediocre at best. In fact, below average. Remember, the secondary was sucking big time. Uh, Not too good. Of course, Jared Allen barely missed a sack on DeVars Jackson early on when he pretty much had DeVars Jackson dead in the water and didn't get him. 
So whatever, great job, Jared. There, he just did not did not pull him down. That was a frustrating. The best part, though, you know Tavares, he's not going to find the open man, and he didn't. He just threw the ball away. So that was the good part. The bad part was Jared, man, Jared. How many sacks has he missed over the years? That could have been just just gimmies. That could have been absolute gimmies, and he did not get them. Great. Uh, I had to retweet a couple by Dan Cole, the con man. He said, to think we once had T-Jack, but we didn't need him. And to think we once had McKinney, but we didn't need him. He's just being sarcastic like he always is on his show in KFAN. 100.3 KFAN, by the way. How about that? Crazy. Uh, Vikings now, Pioneer Press, saying that Cook was in the nickel package earlier, not replacing Winfield. So, of course, obviously not being one of the two main guys. Chris Cook, you know, had a really nice start to his NFL career very early last season, particularly in the preseason. It was like, wow, this guy is going to be the real deal, looks like. And then torn meniscus in one of his knees. So then he comes back after a few weeks, torn meniscus in the other knee. This this doesn't make any sense. It's like spectacular. Here we go again. Just like Cedric Griffin. Torn ACL in one knee, torn ACL in the other. It's like, come on. You can't can't really win here. That's how it goes, though. Yes, it is. Yes, it does. Uh, but, yeah, Marcus Cheryl's made up for the fumble, and, yes, it was ruled an official fumble, though a lot of <laughs> the announcers sure the heck didn't seem to agree with it. It's just funny, though, on basically the next play, Cheryl's got a pick six. Classic. Classic indeed. You know, thanks for that, Tavares. Thank you indeed. I'm glad he's doing that for Seattle and not for the Vikings any longer. Marcus Schultz was the guy I really liked, actually, last preseason. I think his coverage skills have, I don't know, they don't look as good as last preseason so far. He's going to have to do some proving. He sure is. I think he's a talented guy, but is he talented enough to play on Sundays? Not yet. Not not yet. We did make the practice squad last year, so at least he made a few bucks off the National Football League, but not, obviously, Sunday money at this point in time. Of course, there was there was a time during this first half where it was like, have the Vikings had possession the entire game? Didn't even feel like it. It really didn't. It was like, what the hell? So, uh, it was just a pretty boring game, to be honest. It really was. McNabb played extensively in the first half. In fact, he played, I believe, about the first... Well, he played midway through the second quarter when Christian Ponder finally took over. Overall, a very solid game by Donovan McNabb. A quarterback rating of about 107. Six of eight completions, good for 81 yards. A very solid start to Donovan McNabb's career as a Minnesota Viking. I like his mobility and, you know, obviously, you know, getting away from the the, uh, <laughs> the defensive linemen, of course, and linebackers and all that stuff. He was sacked once, but whatever. You're going to get sacked <laughs> here and there. McNabb, hey. I'm going to say this right here and now. I mean, indications are pointing to McNabb having a very solid season with the Minnesota Vikings this year. Regardless of how porous or how unimpressive the Vikings wide receiving core is, and I'm going to go with that that uh, description right now. Unimpressive. That's how I'm going to rate the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to give them a, a U for unimpressive. <laughs> it's, uh, it's undaunting. There's another U. Not that, not that much to get excited about, really. <laughs> really, not that much to get excited about, to be honest. I mean, you look at the receiving yards. They had Devin Aroma to do, and <laughs> Jacqueline Iglesias, Iglesias, excuse me, both of two two catches and thirty yards. So of course, in the preseason, you're not going to get anybody to really blow up and get excited about. Kyle Rudolph lead led the team in receptions, with mostly short yardage situations, other than a seventeen yard gain. So, um, yeah, really almost no yards other than that 17-yard gain. <laughs> Michael Jenkins only with one catch. Adrian Peterson's looking like a solid uh, receiving back. I think that those numbers are going to continue to go up. Uh, the Vikings using running backs and tight ends a little bit more in this offense, of course, in the passing game. The passing game, of course, with the running backs. It's uh, It's not bad. I do think Devin Aroma should do, by the way, will make the team. Uh, there was some question about that. The question is, what do you do with Jamar Johnson? Is he going to be a kick returner or not? Hard to say. We're not really seeing much going on. Uh, he had one punt return for six yards, and that's it in the game. Marcus Sherrilds, 
not necessarily knocking him out of position, though his stat's a little more impressive with a long of 16. JMR only 6, as mentioned. Uh, Booker, who knows where he's going to be. I think he's a kick-off re- kick kick returner, not a punt returner. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, of course, as mentioned, a lot more of that short passing kind of stuff, though. That sounds awfully similar to Childress using a little more tight ends, though, than Brad Childress did in his tenure with the Vikings. <sighs> Would be nice to see a deep pass once in a while, though. We're not seeing any of it. Though maybe the Vikings are just kind of holding off for the time being. The longest game of the game? How about this, folks? Well, I guess it's a tie for Emmanuel Arsenault and, yeah, Jim Kleinsasser, each with 23-yard gain. Yeah, Jim Kleinsasser had a 23-yard uh, reception. What? That's like front-page news. Jimmy, or Jim, whatever, Kleinsasser had a 23-yard reception. Wow. Usually they're like one-yard dump passes, and the guy gets nowhere, you know, because he's just too slow. And most of the time he can't catch either. That's uh, that's actually kind of impressive there. We, we'll, we'll take it. Good job, Jimmy. <laughs> Good job, Jimmy. No doubt about it. Boy, oh boy. It's almost like, do I have to keep talking about this game? Yeah, I do. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's weird. It's one of, it, this is a much different preseason than I've experienced in my career covering the Vikings thus far. Nobody's really standing out. Usually you see people stand out. So far, it's Lorenzo Booker for the most part. So far. I mean, I'm not really, like, getting all that excited about anybody else right now. I hate to sound like a, a dork. But I gotta be honest with you. I mean, Adrian, oh, awesome. He's he's awesome. He's awesome. <laughs> Did get a sack in the game. That's very good. He also got a pass deflected. He's making a serious case to make in the roster. He was an undrafted player who last played a few years ago with the New York Giants. We'll see how that turns out. Tyrell Johnson still fighting for a spot, not only to hopefully start, but even make the team. The Troy Guyon definitely cementing himself as a starter. I really love the Troy Guyon, but Fred Evans also very good. He's more of a run-stopping guy. The Troy Guyon, kind of a kind of an everything dude like Kevin Williams in terms of the defensive tackle position. Aaron Henderson looking awesome. Six tackles overall in the game. Gotta love what you're seeing out of him. Aaron Henderson is a starting linebacker in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Henderson is a starting linebacker in the NFL. He's, he's looking the part more and more as far as I'm concerned. I'm very happy with him. It's more or less just kind of notes as the game goes. It's not really much about the wins and losses, but uh, that's why I'm bouncing around a little bit. Preseason's a little bit different game reviews than regular season. You're more or less looking for individual performances in the preseason. So, again, that's why I'm explaining myself a little bit. I'm bouncing around a little bit, not necessarily chronological order about every little thing in the game. Not really. Seattle, very uninspired offense the entire game. Didn't score until early in the fourth quarter when Charlie Whitehurst, the future all-time, finally got a touchdown. So I'm just throwing that out there. Tristan Davis got one carry, and he scampered 35 yards for a touchdown. That was fun to watch. I mean, he just he just blew right through those guys. I mean, at first it looked like he had a big hole and everything, but then it's like, no, he had to make a few cuts back and forth a little bit. Adrian Peterson's smiling, loving that. Lorenzo Booker, a guy who, you know, you got to think. You know, Lorenzo Booker, I mean, I think he's confident enough at this point that he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to probably, probably make the team as long as I hang on to the ball. So I don't necessarily need to be like, oh, crap. Tristan Davis is going to steal my job. Uh, though, that was a nice play. I mean, give Tristan Davis credit, regardless of where he's going to wind up. Maybe he'll be a practice squad guy. Maybe. It's, uh, he may have he may have played himself at minimum into the practice squad with that nice little highlight play, uh, depending, on how, <laughs> depending on how the practice is going behind the scenes. I mean, I'm not there, so I apologize for that. I'm not exactly a coach watching guys behind the scenes but um, that was kind of the highlight that was kind of the most exciting play of the game really to be honest outside of a few solid passes by Christian Ponder nothing really exciting Uh, Joe Webb overall just kind of is what he is you know 50% completion percentage again this week just like last week 
Ponder also 50%, 6 of 12. Webb was 4 of 8. Uh, Red Bomer, where are you, buddy? Oh, that's right. He was stuck with a DUI, DWI, whatever, whatever it is. And uh, he, for the second week in a row, has not been active for the Minnesota Vikings at the quarterback position in the preseason. It's unclear what's going to happen with Joe Webb. I'll talk about him briefly. It's very unclear what's going to happen with him. I mean, where is he, what's his role going to be? Is he going to be the third string quarterback? Or is he going to be a wide receiver? Or is or are they going to just say, uh, we're going to have to maybe make a move on Joe Webb and he'll wind up with the Redskins or something to either be their backup or try to be an Antoine Randall L receiver? I'm going to say what probably the majority of people on the Facebook page will be saying, keep Joe Webb. You got to keep him. I mean, his he could play a he could play a minimum two roles with this team, a backup quarterback and a wide receiver, and maybe 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 a kick returner. I don't know. I probably wouldn't do that, but who knows? <laughs> who knows? I'm just throwing the idea out there. I'm not trying to like say, oh yeah, kick returner, you got to do it. But who knows what's going to happen with him? I mean, who knows? Again, that's pretty much where things stand with that. Uh, Lorenzo Booker again. Kind of the highlight of the preseason, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Okay, McNabb was was great, but um, I'm basically like this, just in Lorenzo Booker equals NFL player. And the last mention overall here, we're going to get to that real quick, was by once again by Vikings Realist. He says, yes, because Toby is not a third down back. Might as well let him play some fullback. So, it's an interesting thought by Vikings realist. You know, he's built like he's built more like a fullback. He's kind of like a Mike Allstott, isn't he? He's just not as good as Mike Allstott. Six of tw- uh, six rushes, twenty-one yards, three point five a carry. Not the ugliest stats ever, but certainly not the sexiest either. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I want to make him a third down back. Who knows? Lorenzo Booker, I think, is more likely to get your first down. I actually believe that. Seven of Seven rushes, excuse me, I'm talking like he's a quarterback here. Seven rushes, 37 yards, 5.3 a carry. But, of course, that was a little bit beefed up by a 16-yard gain. But still, you're never going to see that out of Toby Gerhardt, a 16-yard gain. You're just not going to see him run through and make some cuts and do a little burst where Lorenzo Booker clearly has some explosivity on those feet. He sure does. I mean, Lorenzo Booker, to me, has, has opened eyes. And I think he absolutely deserves a roster spot on the Minnesota Vikings. Special teams, third down back, third string running back, whatever. Lorenzo Booker should play on Sundays, and I do believe he will play on Sundays. So with that, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna conclude the game review because there's really not much more to get to. I mean, I'm not gonna just sit here and talk about the preseason all day in terms of just the preseason games. We'll talk about more performances and such. We're going to get to a few articles from the Star Tribune about about the game, uh, but before that, we will get to the Facebook group. We'll also, a little bit of talk about a little more talk about the stadium. We're going to close with that, but uh, yeah, I don't know where that's headed. It's I don't know. I'm getting a little impatient. I'm sure a lot of you are as well. So with that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll get to the Facebook group right after this. are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 92, which is a reminder for iPod users, also Microsoft Zoom users, and other MB3 players. Great to have you on board once again. Great to have you on board. Boy, we're getting closer and closer to that 100th show, that that elusive 100th show of Purple Mafia. It is going to be an exciting time when I can finally say we have 100 shows of Purple Mafia. That will be great, and that will likely happen during the regular season. Of course, we all figured that so yes, the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Like they say on the commercials out there, like me on Facebook. Follow me or follow me on Twitter, like me on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Oh, I know you're out there, guys. Please 
come to the page, scroll down a bit and click the like button and uh, that way you're a part of things and this show can get a little bit more credibility on Facebook. We'd appreciate that also very much. Yes, I would. So Tony Coleman, also known as Twineball, posts saying that too bad my son's first Viking experience wasn't a little more exciting, but whatever. He's already a Vikings fan for life. I've decided that for him. So there you go. Skull, welcome to <laughs> welcome to the Purple Mafia. Very terrific indeed. So uh, what's your son's name, Tony? I do believe, yeah, it'd be cool if he mentioned that on the page, but hey, welcome welcome to the Purple Mafia page. <laughs> Not the page, welcome to the Purple Mafia. The son of Tony. Tony Jr. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, welcome aboard. Really appreciate that very so very much. Tony Coleman again posting saying, Did anyone else hear this on tonight's broadcast? Was back up about ten times. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's kind of a weird sound. So do check that out. The part of the Purple Mafia page. A uh, little video there. Interesting sound in the background. It's like strange. It is. Coleman responds with, or, you know, adds a comment to that thread saying, it sounds like it was in the room, but I swear to you, it was not. You can hear my infant son in the room. Otherwise, we were all being silent, so I could capture the audio. Yeah, very strange. It's a very strange background sound of somebody. It's kind of creepy. Kind of creepy, just like The Shining. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. Very much so indeed. Dan Doro making a cool comment here. Of course, he being a fellow uh, uh, admin on this page. Yeah, the page is a little bit inactive the past week. Maybe you guys got a little bit of temporary... uh, Maybe you guys just kind of took a break because last week's game was that boring, I guess. Maybe because I haven't been on as much and I apologize. You know, no show last week. And again, I apologize. It sucks. So Dan Doro saying, after watching the game on my DVR... A couple of thoughts. One, the Vikings would be in trouble if either Jared Allen, Kevin Williams, and AP went down with injuries. <laughs> yeah, because of depth. Two, if Everson Griffin would stay on his feet, he might become a serious threat on, on the line. Four, so he kind of switched up the numbers. <laughs> Four, McNabb looked very comfortable in the offense and didn't do too bad. Three, the O-line is really bad. And what about that secondary? They are terrible. What do you guys think? List other things that you saw, Dan Doro. He also says, and Ponder didn't do too bad. Looks like we have the QB of the future crossing fingers, Dan Doro. And yeah, I man, yeah, not nobody commenting. It's been very quiet. Not sure what's up with that. Maybe that's, yeah, maybe that some of you guys tend to disappear when there's not much activity. And that's a bummer. Hope to hear from you guys out there a little more often. But uh Doro. Yeah, I mean, I might, as, I might as well get to what he has to say. Might as well. Yeah, the depth, of course, and the number one thing, he says, yeah, the depth. Because if Jared Allen, Kevin Williams, or AP went down, we'd pretty much be screwed. Of course, yeah, yeah, we would. Uh, Brian Robinson is pretty much right now the replacement <coughs> for Ray Edwards at the defensive end. So, yeah, losing Jared Allen would really be a bummer. Though the good news is guys like Everson Griffin and Kristen Ballard have had a pretty solid preseason thus far. An encouraging preseason. Christian Ballard, of course the rookie defensive end we took in the fourth round this year. Last year's, you know, again a guy who was valued higher and had some troubles behind the scenes, so to speak. You know, that kind of stuff. Off the field troubles. Everson Griffin and Christian Ballard in back to back seasons, fourth round defensive ends were you know, semi risk, semi high reward type of picks. Uh more on the high reward side, we hope. Uh both looking on the rewarding side thus far in the preseason. So that's the encouraging part. You may have more depth on the uh, def- at the, uh, the bookend positions, the defensive end for the Minnesota Vikings than once thought. We just might. And, yeah, and Brian Robinson isn't bad, obviously. Everybody knows that. But he's more of an energy, kind of an off-the-bench microwave type of player than potentially Griffin or Ballard. So it's nice to have guys like Griffin or Ballard on this, in, in the system, in the all that good stuff. It, it's really cool to have him on board. So that, of course, also mentioned. Didn't mention Ballard there, but still, yeah. McNabb looking very comfortable in offense and didn't do too bad. Agreed. I mean, McNabb looks sharp. Not spectacular, but it also doesn't ha- help that the receivers on this team aren't very good. And uh, Percy Harvin has not seen the field thus far in the preseason. 
that sucks. But again, that's life, I guess. That's typical Percy Harvin. Always seems to have something going on. Just a little bit frustrating there. The O-line is really bad. And what about that secondary? They are terrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unfortunately, that Vikings addressed absolutely bleeping nothing when it came to the offensive line. And the secondary. Yeah, you made picks in the sixth round or so regarding those positions. Fifth and sixth round. Old goody. Uh, DeMarcus Love, there is encouragement regarding him. Even talking about him as a potential left tackle. That's, like, interesting. Though at the same time, I mean, he, well, who for one, who else is going to play there? Charles or Charlie Johnson? I almost keep calling him Charles. Yeah, well, for now he is, but he's not... He's not turning any heads for the Minnesota Vikings. He's really not, actually. No. Shirley Johnson's not turning any heads at all. Thus far, in fact, he's actually been downright disappointing. Thus far, DeMarcus Love, of course, number 75, rookie out of Arkansas. A little bit bigger than Johnson already as a rookie. And um, nobody's really complaining about him. It's just a little bit early. It's just a little bit early for him. DeGuerre, also a guy a lot of people really like. He was a six-round pick last year. He was kind of the, finally, the Vikings took a defensive lineman. It's about bleeping time. The gigantic Chris DeGuerre, who's a guard, but also can play tackle because he's huge. Out of Wake Forest, of course, was Chris DeGuerre. Um, There's your offensive line. I mean, guys like Chris DeGuerre and DeMarcus Love, who, yes, were six-round picks, but at the same time might end up being, you know, there's your hope right there. Those two guys are the kind of guys you just fold your hands and pray to God that they can come out and, and compete for those positions and do a good job. Anthony Herrera continuing to fight back and fight back from that ACL tear last season. A very awesome guy, a very strong competitor. Remember, also an undrafted dude out of Tennessee. Anthony Herrera, number 64. Everybody knows him. The Vikings never did retire that number to Randall McDaniel. Dude, just a lot of people's uh, chagrin. But again, that's, hey, that's how it goes, unfortunately. Maybe someday they will. Anthony Herrera, though, he's a guy who's very easy to root for, as is Aaron Henderson. <laughs> Aaron Henderson is absolutely easy to root for and was a tackling machine last night. Guy has a chance to be a, a pretty good player. I don't know if he's going to be ever be a Pro Bowl linebacker, but <laughs> that's a little bit early for me to be saying that. Though he continues to get better every season, and uh, that has not changed. He has gotten better than last year. Uh, I'm just bouncing around here, but uh, there are a couple of pieces of hope on that offensive line. Of course, there are pieces of hope in the secondary as well. Guys like Chris Cook and Cedric Griffin. Uh, Griffin's already 28, though, amazingly, and unfortunately has two ACL tears, of course, one in each knee. Chris Cook couldn't even barely set foot on the National Football League (laughs) on a National Football League turf or field or whatever you want to call it, you know, because different stadiums. Uh, without tearing meniscus in each knee. It's like, doggone it. You know, Anton Winfield's not, he's not ancient, but he's getting up there. And, you know, he was damaged goods a couple of years ago, though, looking great. He won't be here forever just because he won't. Asher Allen, well, he shows signs at times. And sometimes he just, you know, shows that he stinks. So I, I really can't sit here and be like, well, there you go, Asher Allen. There, there it is. There's the answer. No, I can't really say that. And of course, the receiving core, same situation. It's like, what the hell? What the hell? You know, your, your young guys are hurt and not producing like Percy Harvin. You know, long young guy in that case. The secondary, you know, the guys like Griffin and Cook had, were hurt and were, were unable to play most of last year. That stunk. Yeah, there are a lot of holes on this team, aren't there? Yes, there are. And that's why uh, not everybody's really jumping. Well, I mean, unfortunately, it's like you hate to use the word bandwagon, but but in this town, it tends to be a, a trend. I mean, unless the team looks like they're on their way to some type of massive playoff run, like in 2009, it seems like fans are kind of a little bit skittish because of last year. Like, a lot of people were fooled last year. Yes, they were, including myself. I mean, I had the Vikings going back, going to the Super Bowl last year. Did they come even remotely close? Uh, no. No, they really didn't. <laughs> it was a complete 
disaster? Yeah, it kind of was, and I uh, just don't want to remember it anymore. Though, unfortunately, it's gonna, we're going to be reminded of, of it forever until something changes. There are just... What do you do? You know, you got another young uh, player, Jamarcus Sanford. He he gets a little bit he gets a little bit better every year, but it's like he never really. Why does you know the question with him is why doesn't he ever really just flat win a starting job? Either the coaches are not, either the coaches are not paying attention to something out there, or he's just not quite as good as as some people believe. I'm really not sure why he hasn't won a starting job yet, especially with Tyrell Johnson. This is mean. Uh, this <laughs> main opposition for the position. The Vikings, of course, for some strange, and I mean beyond my understanding, have, for whatever reason, have not seen any reason to address the position in the draft or in free agency. And I'm just a little bit beyond miffed by it. Uh, reasons beyond my understanding, the Vikings have ignored the safety position back-to-back seasons. Yeah, they ignored, they addressed it in terms of cutting Madiu, but they didn't bring anybody in. I don't get it. I'm sorry, I don't get it. Tyrell Johnson, oh, it's, it's his, you know, it's, it's, it's his turn, you know, it's his time to possibly win the job. Really? It, it is? Hmm. And then there's talk about Mr. O'Raymond. Uh, Paul Allen of KFN. Talks about him quite a bit and says coaches behind the scenes talk about him quite a bit. Uh, I have no idea what to expect. He's he may, he may make the team. He may wind up on the practice squad. Of course, an undrafted guy. And there's always every year an undrafted guy or two or three that make people go, ooh, this guy's going to be a star in this league. And Some of them completely flame out and some of them last a long time in this league like Anthony Herrera. Ah, uh, he's already eight years in as Anthony at age 31. Very impressive uh, run by him. Very competitive guy. Ah, uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> boy, you got me going, Dan. I'm really on a long one. But it's like I'm, aggress- I'm addressing like a thousand different things. So it's not really ramble, is it? No. Um, it's kind of almost like where the heck was I, though, now that I've already interrupted myself. How about that? Mr. Raymond. Who knows? I mean, he's pretty small. Six foot one, one ninety four. <laughs> he's a pretty small guy, so it's like, what do you do? I mean, he's listed as a defensive back officially, so he can play either position. And you don't really hear much from him, unfortunately. You don't hear all that much. Maybe he's just awesome in practice, just like Tavares. Just fantastic in practice. Though it was like pick six here, missed pass there. Oh, and he threw a touchdown. Yeah! But of course, piss pick six and overthrown and underthrown and and uh, threw it into Fahutahi for a one-yard gain and the punting team is on the field, you know. Yeah, okay, I'm talking way too much about just everything. <laughs> At least I'm not talking about nothing. I'm talking about everything, right? So, I guess there you go. <laughs> it's a there's going to be a lot of decisions that need to be made. I didn't do a official training camp special like I did in previous years. Just, it's been a busy time for me. It really has. I mean, my brother was out of town, so I had I had extra work to do this week. That was part of the reason for me to not be available. It's been tough. I mean, I haven't been able to sit down and put together my big, giant, little training camp uh, sheet where I list people from top to bottom in terms of like who's going to make the team, who isn't, who I believe will make the team, who isn't, who's on the bubble, who has no chance in hell. And, of course, there's usually about 100 a guy, hundred guys like that who have no chance. But there's all those bubble players that make things very interesting, like Booker, <laughs> you know, like Mr. Raymond, guys like that. It's going to be very interesting to see where things go. So, uh, yeah, Dan Durrell really got me going. For some reason, it didn't get people going on the Facebook page. Again, I don't know why, but I guess you guys are as busy as I am. I mean, uh, you have all the right in the world to be busy because that's that's part of being an adult. Uh, he also adds a Donovan McNabb video. Hope you guys check that out. It was very cool talking about his debut. Yeah. I mean, this guy, Donovan McNabb, hey, he showed up for training camp. He's been sharp. He said all the right things since he got here. Awesome. 
It's just too bad that this isn't necessarily a Super Bowl contender, at least not yet. You want to see a guy like McNabb come here and win a Super Bowl. It'd be really sweet. Um, we'll just see. I mean, he's probably got about the mindset that I do right now. Like, hey, this is fun. Let's just enjoy it while while, while we're here. And uh, if we win, so be it. I mean, I we're going to do the best we can to, to win. Not necessarily sitting here and predicting 13 wins or anything. In fact, I haven't predicted anything yet. Pretty much, well, 9 to 10-ish range. <laughs> Still at this point, I think they're about that. Last night, a little more encouraging than the first one. And that's what Tony Coleman said. That's the final post on the Facebook page. He says, well, there you go, Vikes. That's more like it. So now we're going to finally, and for some of you, maybe mercifully move on. Bill Musgrave, with a few quotes, a few quotes about the quarterbacks in the Sid column, the Sid Hartman column. Regardless of what you think of the old grandpa sports here in this town, Sid Hartman getting some quotes from Bill Musgrave. That's the one thing about Sid, whether you like him or not, he can get to pretty much anybody to talk. That's the good part, including Randy Moss. He talks about Donovan McNabb. He says, Donovan took us on that drive as we were in the shadow of our own goal post starting on the one and got us down to the Seahawks 13 before we stalled out. But he did a fantastic job. The other two guys ran around and made some plays. They were very smart in their decision-making, and that helped us to play sound football. One other thing I'll jump in and say is, um, well, at least none of them had a turnover in the game. That's the good part. <laughs> That's the good part. Last week, I had a fairly ugly interception. Um, that's the one thing. And here we go. We're going to continue here. I'm, he's talking about how McNabb pretty much can still move the ball. You know, or he can still still move around well, despite the fact he's 34. And that's another good thing. No doubt about it. He's going to talk about Christian Ponder here now. Excuse me, no, we're going to finish up on McNabb a little bit. He said the naked bootleg pass that we did to his left-hand side where he hit Jim Kleinsoster. That was a good example of how he still has his movement and skills left in him. Uh-huh. Uh, he said he has good pocket presence. He has a sixth sense, which all the great ones have for when the pocket collapses, when to move forward, when to make a guy miss, and when to digit. Good thoughts there. I mean, Donovan McNabb. I can't complain about Donovan McNabb at all. I cannot complain. I cannot. He's just, he's one of those guys. You just say, you know, he might not be Brett Favre at age 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, or 39, 40 range, like with the Vikings. <laughs> you know, 2009-ish. But, I mean, there is not a thing I can just sit here and say, you know what? I, I don't like him. I just don't like him. He's not, he's just not that sharp. He's inconsistent. You know, he just seems to not be very doesn't seem to be the best teammate. You know, you can't say, I can't say any of that about Donovan McNabb. He's a great teammate. He's still got a good throwing arm. He's he's pretty damn mobile for a guy in his mid-30s. Really damn mobile, in fact. He does have a sixth sense, like Klein, Klein Sasser, like uh, Musgrave said. You know, he just, he kind of makes the game look easy. He kind of does. He's not dazzling the, us with, you know, like I said, like, you know, 400 yards, four touchdowns, and uh, fist pounding, you know, here we go. Like Culpepper would do on occasion when then he'd go out and throw four interceptions the next game. Or maybe then, you know, within a couple months or something. He'd have long, good streaks, but then really long, bad streaks, did Culpepper. Um, I love, you know, I can't say anything negative about this guy. I really can't. I just wish there was a little bit more around him. But to be honest, for a guy who's coming to a team who finished 6-10 and 10 last year, has a mediocre... A mediocre supporting cast in terms of wide receivers. Tight ends, I think, is extremely deep with Rudolph. Uh, obviously, Kleinsasser is kind of a tight end fullback-ish. Um, even Ryan Diamburgo is actually a pretty nice tight end fullback type of guy. Um, who was once a linebacker, which is hilarious. Uh, and then, of course, <laughs> who can forget about Vasante, who hasn't seen much action due to injury thus far, unfortunately. Uh, Musk, let's close Musgrave's comments on Donnie. Okay, Donovan McNabb, Donnie. That was kind of bad. <laughs> We're going to look into that. About, uh, see, McNabb said, uh, Musgrave said, McNabb has a good sense for finding visual lanes around linemen and knowing where defenders will be. He added that there will be plays where McNabb will run. He says that we're going to look into that. He definitely 
has a lot of skills left in his tank. As you remember early in his career, he used to hurt defenses terribly about three, four, five times a game of running for first downs. That's tough for defenses to count for when a quarterback pulls it down and runs. A little bit like Joe Webb did on that third down last night. Yeah, Webb, explosive. Again, the guy, when he runs, he's explosive. Webb could go for 30, 30, 40, 50 yards and and to pay dirt, or at least close to pay dirt. Um, You know, the funny part about all this, every time the Vikings have had a scrambling quarterback, they have been successful historically. Yes, they have. Fran Tarkington, Randall Cunningham um, were, were scrambling quarterbacks. Culpepper was a scrambler as well. Though, yeah, he was the more inconsistent one, but when he was at his best, he was ridiculous. Yes, he was. Um, but really, scrambling quarterbacks have been successful on this team. Rich Gannon as well. Rich Gannon, in 1992, helped the Vikings win, win the division and finish 11-5, and five, though unfortunately he had, a, he had a small injury, was replaced by... Uh, the not as good, and I mean not as good Sean Salisbury, and then they made Sean Salisbury the starter for the playoff game, which was a very uninspiring loss to the Washington Redskins. But yeah, to the point, scrambling quarterbacks have been successful with the Minnesota Vikings historically, outside of Culpepper's crummy two or three years, you know, in his back and forth career, which is what he had. On Ponder and Webb, Musgrave said that Ponder moved around well at times when guys weren't open and tried to get as much yardage as he could with his legs and then safely got out of bounds. Um, he says that Ponder does a good job at the line of scrimmage for us as a rookie. He has a good grasp of defenses, and we have a number of check-with-me plays that <laughs> we ask the quarterback to do their job at the line of scrimmage for us to make us look good, and he excels at that job. So again, there you go, another scrambler. Musgrave said that when Ponder scrambles, He's just looking for open space and green grass. All of our quarterbacks have pretty good instincts in that department. That's the funny part. Uh, every single quarterback on the roster, well, at least the three, the three main ones, <laughs> all can scramble. And yes, Ponder scrambled quite a bit in college. There you go. Maybe there, there's your Tarkenton, hopefully. Hopefully Ponder can be the Tarkenton. But for right now, McNabb can be a much better version of Culpepper or something. Who Who knows? <laughs> Steve Young was a great scrambler as well. Uh, whatever. Just using way too many names here. As for Webb, Musgrave mentioned that he made good decisions about when to throw it and who to throw it to. We were happy to see a little progress from all three quarterbacks, and we moved on from last week in Nashville. You got it like that. Yep, that's pretty much the bit right there. Um, we're going to close that article. It was a very solid football game for the Vikings quarterbacks. Not spectacular, but no, Musgrave is right right there. Uh, they all seem to be a little bit better. Like McNabb was a little more sharp. Ponder was more sharp. Webb was more sharp as well. You know, he did. He made. He overthrew a few guys, unfortunately, and that got just a little bit frustrating. Joe Webb, uh, so overthrowing multiple players, potential plays that could have been something great, but that's why Webb's a backup. I mean, you're not going to count on Joe Webb to carry this team anywhere. You just can't do it. Uh, Ponder, looking good. It's nice, though, to know that McNabb is the starter right now. Let these guys develop. Webb is going to be whatever he's going to be. We don't know exactly what that is just yet. Ponder is supposed to be the quarterback of the future, and, uh, you know, the future looks bright overall for Christian Ponder. And I don't think very few... (laughs) I don't think that many people will disagree with that. I really don't. you got to like what you're seeing there. So this has been a, it was an encouraging game last night. It wasn't like, oh my God, here we go. Let's get out the celebration. You know, let's, let's start the, let's, let's start the, the, uh, the parade in St. Paul or Minneapolis or whatever, probably Minneapolis. But, um, it's encouraging, solid signs, uh, still negative signs that receiver Bernard Berrien, Whatever. I mean, whatever. I really have nothing more to say on Bernard Berrien. Get out and play. Prove to us who you are. You have not done that yet. And um, we're just going to leave that as is. We are just going to leave that as is. With that, we are going to take one more quick break, and we're going to briefly talk about the stadium and wrap things up. (laughs) 
we are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 92. Another reminder for MP3 player users, iPod, Microsoft Zune, and others. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah, we're going to cite another Sid column. Yeah, I'm not necessarily your Sid Hartman leader, but, uh, well, it's just happened to be where these columns came from uh, because it's where they talk about the stadium a little bit. Well, Ziggy Wilf is smiling, folks. Yeah, he's smiling a lot because, uh, well, Ziggy, uh, Ziggy Wilf says he's got his game face on right now. Ziggy Wilf is in the red zone. He will, will he score a new Viking stadium? It's pretty much the question right now. He's a little higher on his team than other football analysts is the talk, but it's pretty much more that there's um, no easy solutions indeed. He says, uh, Sid Hartman says that in his conversation with Ziggy the past week, he talked about how important a stadium is so the Vikings can have the revenue to compete with other teams to sign their own players and free agents. Uh, he says that it absolutely, absolutely it does help us compete. Basically, there's not a single team right now that is operating without an NFL lease, which we will have next year. Scary. <laughs> but yeah, he says, I mean, when we try to attract players to come to our team as free agents, it's very, very important that we have a facility, which they know will be taken care of from the standpoint of the facility and the national publicity that it brings to the team and the community. I think building a new stadium will go a long way to ensuring the next generations with both a home for the Vikings and venue the Vikings can enjoy and for all the other events it will bring to the metro region an exciting boost for the economy at a time when we need to be able to build up jobs. Yeah, jobs, excuse me. He also says that he sold on the Arden Hills site while there are still some politicians and some in the business community pushing for a downtown Minneapolis site. Wolf says, in our opinion, we believe that the Arden Hills site is the perfect location for not only a football stadium, but for the great tailgating experiences and for other venues that will attract people. There is an entertainment hub from the people of Minnesota. We're very excited about that, and we really, we have the most, most of the details worked out. We're very excited for what it will bring to our fans. So that's pretty much where things are right now. Not, that's about the extent of the whole stadium deal. It's not. It's just. It's just. I guess at this point, mostly propaganda, but also ensuring the the fact that uh, the Vikings strongly prefer the Arden Hills situation, probably because there's be a lot more involved there, shopping mall and all that good stuff that uh, Ziggy would like to put up there. Potentially a ton of. Uh, ton of profitability. I mean, a shopping mall and a stadium, you put both together, you're going to get some serious revenue, and of course it will help the economy in Arden Hills. It's just now we're just playing the waiting game. Uh, talk across the, I mean, talk behind the scenes, sources and all that stuff, you know, sources, you know, your favorite word when it comes to the media, are that this thing is pretty much on the verge of happening, but at the same time, oh, that that's what we hear from sources, but then no news breaks. We're just sitting and waiting, I guess any day now, any month, whatever, probably more any day, any week. We're going to hear something, and I just hope and pray to God that whatever something we hear is good news and that we finally, finally, mercifully get this thing done once and for all. Well, I forgot to mention earlier in the show, there were no call-ins to Purple Mafia. The call-in line is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Please call into Purple Mafia. Mention which show you're calling in, which is Purple Mafia. That's why I said do treat it as a voicemail. And um, make your opinion, comment, shout-out, whatever it is. be great to hear from you. I mean, I've been waiting a long time to hear a call-in, and it's a bummer. But I know you. I know you guys are busy, or you just for whatever reason feel dry on information. But you know what? No information is too dry for this show. I mean, you guys are out there. There's a million things you could talk about. Come call in and talk about it, please. Make things a little more fun here, so I'm not just, you know, talking by myself. I'm not going to say I'm talking to myself because I know that ain't the truth. But uh, it'd be nice to have, be talking with somebody. It'd be terrific. It would be terrific indeed. Having a little 
conversation, you know, on air. That'd be great. So there you go. Don't forget about the message boards and the sportsstuff.com. There's a button in the upper right-hand corner that says TSS Boards. Simply click on that. And, of course, that's the front page of the website, sportsstuff.com. Do click on TSS Boards, then click Register, and uh, there you go. Sign in, have a solid name, and uh, talk with other Viking fans and other fans in the NFC North Division. Why not? Get on there and have some fun. Would be terrific. The sportsstuff.com. That's without that, there's no Pearl Mafia. So a little support for that website would be greatly pre- appreciated. Excuse me. Don't forget about the the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash Pearl Mafia Show, along with and uh, twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. So there you go. Thanks again for listening, guys. We'll be back next week. I hope I'll be a little bit more sharp than I was on this show. I'm not telling you I came on here all half-ass, but for I just felt tired doing this today. I'm just not feeling my best. I'll be honest with you, but I hope. But I gave you the best I could, and I hope you enjoyed it. So those of you out there, please do take care. We will be back for episode number 93, the John Randall episode, not the Kevin Williams episode. The John Randall episode. Until then, do take care and skull Vikings.